This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody, welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Welcome to the 365th episode of Off the Rack. Wow, really? That's one for every day of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to chain every episode in the playlist of Off the Rack, mm-hmm. you can watch an episode a day for an entire year. Uh, that also includes some special reviews that in- th- were over on the DC's channels. Ah. Like we did a couple of spotlight reviews for a couple okay. of books, I think. Uh, and so they're in there too. Cool, cool. But yeah. Wow. Uh, this is the 365th episode of the show. It is. Happy one year anniversary of the show. Kind of. For 10 years yeah. or whatever. Yay! Yay! So, of course, if you're watching this show live, welcome to this live review show where we take the comic books that are the hottest, biggest sellers, and some of the not best sellers of the past week. We recap them. We review them. We tell you what we thought about them and then give you recommendations for what comics are coming out this week we think you should pick up. So... Uh, We also want to mention this show is sponsored by you. If you're watching the show live, you can sponsor today's episode and allow us to keep all those grubby companies out. Uh, Keep their fingers out of the pot that is the comic pop infrastructure and allow us to keep doing this show uh, by using Super Chats or just by watching the show and subscribing. So if you like this video, make sure to give us a like. It does help us out in some way. I don't know. And uh, subscribe to the channel for more. Uh, We have a lot of shows that come out on this channel. And YouTube is doing their damnedest to make sure you don't see them. So make sure to subscribe and click the bell for notifications and get notified. And make sure to just check periodically. Uh, you know, incorporate us into your life. Make us part of your daily rituals. So, you know, shower, brush your teeth, and watch Comic Pop. That is life. That is uh, life. As it is. That's life for us. All right. It certainly is. I, I, <laughs> That's life for us, yeah. I should have checked this whole thing out before we started, but this is mm, what it's going to be. Would you like a hat? You can wear one of the helmets. I could just... Or you could, you could dress like Casey Jones. I think your hair looks fine. There. Now it's just pushed up around my face. There you go. Like insulating me. Yeah, yeah. It'll keep you nice and warm. Me. Plus, you won't have to uh, worry about it touching anything. You're not wearing a lapel mic today, so it's no, not I'm actually not. that big of a deal. No. But yeah, uh, so here's a couple of examples for people who are already sponsoring today's episode. Kit Kat, Sneak Attack, Florida Man, Hero, or Menace. I think we all know the answer to that one. Obviously, Menace. Every single time. Uh, well, I think that depends. Is it? Because sometimes they're a hero. When? Only when you read them and you're like, ha <laughs> Right. Yeah. But most of the time, it's about the meeting faces. Kevin Kruger, if you could uh, cross over with any live action superhero show, what would they be? I want to see Daredevil and Doom Patrol see how wild it would be. I don't know. I, I, I don't watch a lot of live action superhero shows. I guess it would have been fun to see Falcon show up in, uh, in, in WandaVision. Oh, so, well, oh, wait, wait. You could do any live action? And you, could, you could do. You could do like Luke Cage and Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, that would thing. have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, Luke Cage and Falcon Winter Soldier would have been pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Sean Conwell, instead of War of Jokes and Riddles, War of Laughter and Screams, Joker versus Scarecrow. And uh, who would you want to see on each team? I don't know. What about Riddles and Screams? And riddles that, and, and screams. then therefore the Joker could be like a like a free agent of yes. chaos. Yeah, he's always he's helping either side, and then ultimately they have to team up and fight him. That's what every good crossover does anyway. Yeah. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody cool, you know, put Kelly Jones on that book. Make it crazy. What? Yeah. Right. It would look ridiculous, and people would buy it. That's all the thing. Right. Uh, Brian Rollins, as someone who has never cared about the Eternals, I'm really enjoying the current series. Thanks for all the great videos every week. Tiffany, yes, you have been recommending this series. The Eternals from Kieran Gillen and Asad Ribic. I believe we're on issue, what, number five? Uh, four. Four. We're on issue four. Um, it's great. 
Right. Listen, if you haven't been reading it, nothing's going to make any sense. But like, (laughs) needless to say, the Eternals aren't so eternal right now. Oh, no. Because the machine's broken. Yes, that's right. And and so they can't really come back right now. I'm Mm. like, this is kind of interesting. Like this whole like idea of like life and death. We're seeing that being played around in X-Men right right now. now. Um, And so then you take someone like the Eternals who are very much used to this sort of treatment and take it away from them. Yeah, the Eternals could learn a thing or or the X-Men could learn a thing or two from the Eternals. But they won't. No, they don't normally um but needless to say thanos is involved oh is he yeah for what sure. a shock i mean like we knew he was involved but now he's like really like we're, we're really getting into it yeah um and honestly you know we're dealing with a, a complete mystery here it's like who so clearly thanos did this but who was thanos working with normally he doesn't work with anybody yeah, who's to he say need, he needs to work he with he needed someone to get in like oh. he wouldn't have had access to do what he did okay okay the so there's a traitor like, among yes. the Eternals yes and they're trying to like suss out who it is okay and like they you know we've gone through the the various ranks like they looked at Icarus they looked Sprite. at they looked at Athena uh, and like they've just gone down the the, the, the chain of command yeah so and now uh, Druig was under Oh no, Question. not Druig. Well, of course, because he's he's actually often cast as the villain. That's just kind of who he is. He's okay, like, he he has like mind control of some sort, like to sway folks. Ah, so could have swayed Th- Thanos, perhaps. Yeah, kind of like Shizor. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> kinda, not really. Deep cut for Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> Thank nice you. call. Um, but um, certainly like he's in question, especially now that like in the other city, anyone who was in front of Druig to be in charge of the Eternals is dead. Yeah, oh, well, that doesn't bode well for Drew. And he's like, so I get it. I, I, I know why you're here. It totally right. makes sense, right? And then Thanos shows up to kill him. Oh, okay. Well, and you, that doesn't necessarily cut him off the list because, you know, Thanos might be covering his tracks or cleaning oh, things sure. up. Oh, for sure. And, like, we do question that, and I won't ruin it for anyone who hasn't caught up yet because it's it's just really great. But, like, I know for a lot of people, like Asad Ribic, like, his art can be... Give or take, like you, you either like it a lot or you don't. Well, or sometimes he, you could like it and still be like, "Oh, those faces." Though yeah, sometimes he does some things with faces sometimes that I don't quite understand, and I don't know if it's like a rush thing or it's just intentional. It's what he wants to do with it. But then you get like dope panels like this. Oh yeah, which is just like beautifully colored, very simplistic image of like Thanos like holding Druig up by the neck, and like it's just just reminds in, like, me of gradient. Secret Wars. It's just such a beautiful series. Yeah, I love that gradient. That's yeah. totally isn't it beautiful. Yeah. And like it's that enhanced pencil look. I you know I love I that. Do. Um I think it fits really well for this. Yes, I totally agree though that there are some definitely wonky faces in here occasionally, but mm-hmm. like there's so much other beauty to be found in it, I'm letting it slide. That's fair. Overall I love this series mm-hmm. and I honestly look forward to it coming out and like I really when I like when I open this book up it's a treat. I'm like it's a treat and I'm like all my focus is on this book. Gotcha. When I'm reading it for yeah. sure. So Well that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that Eternals is still going strong. And by the time that movie comes out there'll be like a beautiful hardcover edition. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like the like Earth Machine or whatever it's called has a great sense of humor as it's failing. Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. Cool. Because like, I know the Earth Machine was like is given a personality in yeah, this book. Yeah. Well, and... as it's like failing further, it's like having a harder time keeping focus. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's fun. Like it's fun to like you know listen to that and yeah. and, and hear it doing its thing. There's also like, like a really great opportunity for um Assad Ribic to do his like his thing in a way where it's like i obviously saw him on um conan as well yes yes and we, aaron's conan yeah and we get the opportunity to tell a story from the past right where it's like a little lesson there's like there's so many little vignettes and little lessons in here and just like little lessons not only for the eternals but for each of us honestly <laughs> you no know, i mean that for real like it's it, this book has something for you if you want it 
Or if you just want a fun eternal story, you can mm. also just take that. Cool. Uh, Rab L, I can't stay to watch this live today, but love the content you make, and I'm sure I'll be. It'll be another great video. Well, hopefully, Rab, you'll catch us on the repeat because we do ha have this show after it's live. It is available uh, to subscribers as long as you make sure to subscribe to the channel and watch us. Uh, it's also available on audio sometime after the broadcast, like another. Like we give you a little bit of a birth little bit of time to uh, have watched the show here and make it a little exclusive but you can catch this show in audio form on spotify and apple podcasts mm -hmm. and stitcher and everywhere else where podcasts are found by the way i want to mention at the top of the show i just i just little 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 quick thing you may notice we have microphones yeah we do and so, i hope that it's coming across nice yeah but and if it's not let we, us know. We just set this up. Exactly. So, like, there's going to probably be a little bit of a learning curve. There's definitely going to be a learning curve for me in terms of, like... Remembering to get in front of it. To use it. Because I'm used to just kind of shouting into the middle one that we have. Mm -hmm. um, also, you're going to hear all of my filler words like you've never heard them before. <laughs> like, if you didn't enjoy the fact that I said the word like a lot... You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it in, in crystal clarity, hopefully. Oh, I hope so. And, and I got to watch, like sharp inhales oh yeah i tend to do that like, i'll just talk and talk and talk and then i'm like <gasps> <laughs> great yeah, more so. things to be hyper aware of it's cool uh dan v900 <laughs> so the million dollar question which big two comic led you down that rabbit hole yesterday inquiring minds want to know i tweeted uh yesterday about how uh i was looking at a a, a top tier big two marvel comic uh, or Big Two comic, it is a Marvel comic, uh, that is out that has inexcusable art and it took me down a rabbit hole that I was not expecting to go down. At first, yeah. I was just I was just looking. I was Google searching just to see if there were any people who agreed with me because I didn't see any people talking about it. I, I saw right. no talk, no talking, no dialogue about it whatsoever. There was zero talk. There was, there was zero zero discourse about this book and how egregious it looks. And I was like, why is that? And, and especially because it's out of the gate. It's something you really need to establish. And you have an interesting theory, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, because Dan V also mentions what he thinks about Jerry Duggan taking over the X-Men in July with that new team. Were you surprised it wasn't Hickman? What do you think about Hickman's new X-Men comic will be about in September? I'm not surprised at all, honestly. Um, I feel like more than likely Hickman will want to focus on his like end game yes. in a way. And so like doing this... like. I got to keep this up month to month right now. Probably isn't what he's looking to do. And as he's proven, like he has trust with other creators clearly to carry on his story, like points mm -hmm. and let them do what they need to do and to help fill in and build the world of X-Men right now. So I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised by it. And, mm -hmm. it, and if he says like Duggan can do it, yeah, I, I don't I'll, buy it, but I do appreciate that Duggan does a nice job uh, when he is given an opportunity to work with other people. Mm -hmm. Though uh, my last foray into Duggan on any like universal scale was Infinity Wars, which may be the worst thing Marvel's published in the last ten years. But that was that was an also event? an event, and that that has a lot more control from editorial yeah. and, and from the upstairs. Yeah, for sure. This is. It feels, and I don't know if this is for sure because I obviously have no insider information here, but it does feel like there's a certain level of trust in what Hickman's doing right now. Agreed. And so he may be able to take Duggan and be like, listen, this is what we're doing. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And but doesn't that sound like the same thing, but just from Hickman instead of, like, Sobolski? I guess, but there's something about a creator saying it and knowing how to let another creator breathe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. I have no doubt in my mind. I'm hopeful that when Hickman pitched it, yeah, initially he was like, "This isn't just, this isn't going to be like what I'm doing with Fantastic Four and Avengers and ultimately, ultimately Secret Wars. This is a pitch 
to create a kind of 90s period for the X-Men like mm. to re-establish the X-Men as the power players of the Marvel Universe and give them like a thousand different titles and to just to reach the audiences that the X-Men are capable of reaching yeah. so it's less about like Hickman's grand vision though he does have one and though I think it will culminate in a big event yeah. it's more it's it's doing double duty it's, it's doing this big Hickman thing but it's also setting things up and, and building up creators it reminds me it's very not connected, but it does remind me a little bit of when Phil DeFranco created SourceFed. Right. And when he was okay. like, okay, so I want to create this channel because I want to be a news correspondent. I want to create a news channel, but I also want to just have like a rotating cast. And so I'll start with these three comedians yeah. and I'll add like one more. And then as they rise from my lifting them up, <laughs> I'll bring in different people. And I'll just, right. because I'm a, I'm a good, like, you know, I have a good nose for quality. You know, I'll be make sure to like we create their careers and then we send them off and then they go off into their own direction. Just happened to be that, you know, that was a terrible business plan and those four people were just magic and they were, no, <laughs> there's they nothing really you could were. do about it. Um, and like that could be, of course, what happens here. Um, right. You but, know. Yeah, that like maybe the only thing we like is the people who are working on X Men right now. Yeah. And this Duggan era will be looked upon as like, oh, remember that blemish on the Hickman run? Right. And I do think it may be judged more harshly um depending on how much hickman has to say about the book itself and the transitionary like period within yeah but the fact is like i do love what hickman's doing with the main x-men title yes but the fact is like some of my favorite books aren't written by him they're just guided by him right right uh josh truckle has an adorable <laughs> sheba uh waving i think I think it's giving us a, like your number one kind oh, of like. Oh, thank you, Yay. Josh. Thank you. And Adam has a super duper chat. I that guess is, another... that is I, they, there's no actual qualifier for that type of chat, but no. that, that's pretty good. But I will say thank you, Adam, for your yes. incredible generosity. Thank he says you. much love to Comic Bob. I send my friends to back issues and this podcast to get into comics. Thank you very well, much. Well, hopefully, man. hopefully they are getting into comics. Yeah, because it's always fun to have friends reading comics mm -hmm. to talk about them with them. You know. Yeah. He also mentions that Josh Truckle sending his support. Well, thank you to both of you for oh, your support. Oh, thank you, thank you, and uh, and for everything. We do appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your support and for thank guiding people to you. us. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into some more. Uh, I guess I'll talk about the the elephant in the room, the book that I was uh, so negative about. Yes, because and, I didn't. And you were. I heard quite a bit about. I was this. just I was just hemming and hawing the entire time while reading this book. But I will. I I, I didn't want to do it necessarily on social media but i will do it on my show it's like i won't just push it out there you know to the to the masses and at people but i will talk about it on our show and put your face right there with it that's and mine yeah i'm sorry uh it's alien uh alien number two from uh from philip kennedy johnson and uh salvador laraca is the this is the second issue in the seemingly ongoing series for Alien mm -hmm. from Marvel Comics. Marvel, of course, rests the control of the Alien license from the uh, licensor of Dark Horse to Marvel. Uh, rather, Disney did because they purchased Fox and, you know, so they got a bunch of properties, including Alien. And, of course, Predator is now in dispute. We'll see what happens yeah, with that. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, I will weigh in on Predator in a minute uh, if you remind me, but for now, let's, let's stick with the Xenomorphs because today is Alien Day! It's 426! I, hey, look, you I, are you are sporting your your colors. I did. I, I dressed appropriately today. If you're not sure what that means, uh, the 
the planet that the aliens were discovered on was LV426, rather moon. Uh, and, uh, of course, that's where Hadley's Hope was established. And, uh, you know, 426, 426, April 26th is the day of Alien Day. It's a manufactured holiday created by Fox originally. Uh, some of my prized possessions include free posters that Fox sent us for celebrating Alien Day. Uh, I, I actually, I, I love the posters. I love the handwritten note I got from an executive at Fox on Fox Letterhead that just said, like, hey, Sal, thanks so much for caring about Alien Day. Like, it, it, yeah. it's, I don't even have it framed. It's just sitting in a pile somewhere but it just it means so much to me despite my treatment of it anyway uh you can tell i love alien and uh alien and aliens and that's literally it uh maybe a one or two of those uh those alien 20th anniversary or 30th anniversary shorts yeah all of them were fun two of them were great Uh, but anyway, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Marvel to like do something with the Alien franchise, uh, to reboot it. Because a lot of people loved the Dark Horse era, the 20 years of Dark Horse comics. And I'm right. not one of them. I liked and appreciated what they were doing. But for me, it was just it was a lot to get through. Uh, there was a lot of lore established from the comics. It was kind of daunting, to be per- perfectly honest. Right. And they also were going in odd directions because I guess they were directed by Fox uh, in terms of the franchise. The latter half of their time was entirely ensconced in Prometheus bullshit. Right. It just made right, me sick. Right. And I was like, I don't want to see any more of these friggin' engineers. But uh, so this was kind of exciting for me because I'm like, hey, a we get to see like if Marvel can put out a like R-rated book, right? Uh, and B, can we see, uh, you know, a, a kind of fresh start for Alien, mm-hmm. especially because you can throw away a lot of things that are egregious, like Alien Three through everything. Uh, this is what they're doing, and that's literally what this book is. Right. And f- with mm-hmm. Philip Kennedy Johnson on board, you know, he wrote uh, Lost Gods. Uh, you know, he's the last God. last God. Uh, mm-hmm. he, and he and he also works on Superman. Uh, Neither of which are books that I've read. Um, I've read some of his Superman. I'm not a fan. Uh, That's okay. But he, but he seemed to be a, a natural fit for this book. Uh, but I was very disappointed with the with the decision of Salvador Larocca because you know his his work started out in his career 25 years ago, pretty good, like pretty cool stuff. And mm-hmm. I've seen like some really really solid work from Larocca. And over the past uh, several years, it's been less uh, good. And uh, and and in the, in the, no, nowhere is it more apparent than in the Alien series, where the book looks just terrible. Uh, it 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 looks like Amateur Hour. It it looks like a proof of concept from an artist that wants to get picked up by a by an independent publisher. It doesn't look good at all. And it it's like part of the problem with a comic book is you know and I've heard and I've actually said on numerous occasions like there are some books that I've read where the art was bad but I still enjoyed the story this is one of those things where like Alien needs part of my love of Alien comes from the visuals that's fair and and that beautiful oversized edition that you can get from Walt Simonson's adaptation of the original script like it's just something you just experience Alien is not something you read as a novel (laughs) You know, it's something you experience visually and 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 through the written word, mm-hmm. and uh, and and as such, it mars the entire experience. Uh, so, it, just off the bat, the art sucks, and I hate to say it because, like, I don't I don't reserve it because, like, you know, it's it's not for me, you know, it's, or it's 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 in the body of the behold. So I don't, I don't want to say it sucks, right? Because like that's not a that's not a constructive way to say it. No, but it does. I guess subjectively speaking, it's it's not good. The proportions are off. The faces are odd. The uh, the the inorganic things like spaceships and and corridors are clearly not just referenced but straight up traced. There are moments from like video games you can see that he just pulls right out of them, one to one, over them. Well, 
I mean, look, if you want to get it right, I don't begrudge artists like, for doing that. But, like, he's, he's that. stealing from video games that are not alien games. Oh, okay. Like, I'm just saying he's just taking shit from right, other places and right. just being like, I don't have time to put this book out. So, And it's like, and if you don't, I know about a hundred other artists who would love to draw Alien, including Tristan Jones, who drew Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't been reading this book. I just haven't It's only been. two issues, but I have been um, reading it, yeah. But I haven't been. And um, what I have seen of this, like, of the art, there's just something up with, A, it's a lot of things. But, like, part of it is just, like, the team isn't elevating one another either. Right. Like, like it, it, you're not no, seeing, like, Johnson isn't helping LaRocca, and LaRocca is not helping out Johnson. Well, I was going to say the art team. Oh. So, like, the artist, the inker, and the colorist, they're not helping each other. They're, like, kind of getting in the way of one another. And yeah. so, like... Instead of the colorists, like, being able to elevate the work and, you know, maybe, like, fix some things here and there, they're almost bringing, like, a bullseye onto certain errors and, yes. like, certain oddities within it. And same with the inks. I, I don't know. His – I don't – there's something about the faces and the way that they're inked, which really – Just just draws a complete, like, you, you, you can only see the errors. Like, you just, don't get to just, see any It's very, it's any very strength. odd, honestly. Um, but the other thing that the reason why they were, I, I rent down a rabbit hole is because like when I was looking this up, I was like, does anybody else, is anybody else seeing this? Like, am I, am I taking crazy pills? Cause I'll shut up. No, no. But like LaRocca is the star of this book that the main character of this book yeah. is LaRocca that the artist himself has drawn himself into the book as the main character. Yes. And that was the thing that made me just throw my hands up and say, screw this series. Is like when the editor didn't when the editor didn't go, uh, uh Sal, no. Like, eh, no. You know what I mean? Yes. But he drew himself into the book, and I guess it's for reference, right? It's it's so that he can get the angles right and he's like, I'm gonna be drawing this guy the most of like so, the most of the time, so I gotta I gotta get something that's gonna I help wouldn't me. say that's probably the sole reason. That is what I when we were talking about it, I was like, well, I mean if probably, I were in charge of Alien, I guess I put myself in it too. And right? that's what it is. Like probably he's a fan, he was like, I wanna be in this and I'm never gonna act in a movie that they make anytime soon because they don't seemingly have a plan to make a movie. Sure. Um, nor am I necessarily an actor, so I'll put myself in the book. also I can look at my own face and I can do the I can get all the I can get all the angles I need. Yeah, I can look surprised or angry or whatever, and I can just draw it, and there it is, and I know it'll look correct. Yeah, right. But you're also, I don't know, you're you're self inserting this into a franchise as opposed to your own book. Yeah, this isn't like it's a story that he is telling personally about himself, and so it's important that he is the protagonist. He's just drawing his own goddamn face, and it makes me sick. And like it, and it makes me sick because like. This ain't amateur hour here, ladies and gentlemen. This is Marvel Comics. This is Alien here. And I know that, like, no one cares about that anymore. And I think that might be... And that must be what it is. Marvel's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> we got the rights from Dark Horse just because we we hate independent creators. You know what I mean? And I'm not... Like, Dark Horse ain't even exactly independent comics. You know what I mean? They're just a smaller press. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't know what... If you got the rights, and there was not, like... It, they didn't get it for free. What's the point of making a bad book? Yeah. Well, I guess that um, if 
again, if we're going like, you know, strings on the wall. Right. And, like, because you know, it feels we're... like Pepe Silvi is missing and I need to find him. Because right. like, because because it went further. I didn't just go like, well, OK, who's the editor for this thing? And I was like, maybe the editor and he are friends or roommates in college or something like that. I couldn't find anything with the editor. The editor has edited many different good things. Okay. But I did find that the because co- you mentioned that the color, the, the colors were not helping the art. No. And I was like, oh, OK, well, let, let's start there. So I looked at the colorist. And the colorist is under a pseudonym. The colorist is under a name, Guru EFX. Yeah, I've seen them before. And I've seen that name before, and I went under uh, Comic Vine, I took a look. Guru EFX has done colors for a number of books, and they've actually been across the board. Marvel Tales and a a number of other Marvel-exclusive comic books. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you Google Guru EFX, you get a name, and that name... I'm not going to get into, but like there's a real person behind Guru FX and it, you thought it might have been like an, a team, which well, makes sense. I've seen that before. Exactly. Man of Action is a group of people, not just one person. I was going to say, I think the Udon group yeah. is a group as well. I don't think Guru Hero is one person. I don't know. That I, I couldn't say. But the point is, it makes sense. And it's actually an industry expectation. It's not nefarious. Nothing weird going on. But when you do look up that person's name, that name is the colorist for every Salvador LaRocca work. Yes, yeah, so and for too. Greg Land's work that, too, oh. and a clearer picture comes into frame of like these people are helping each other. This is like a Jack and Jill situation where it's like my friend David Spade needs some work, so I'm going to put him in my in my tax shelter movie. Like that's what it seems like. Okay, is that like if Salvador Larocca gets a job, that guarantees Guru EFX is getting a job too, and neither of them are helping anybody except each other. And, and in fact, they are hurting the book yeah. that they are on. And that just, I was like, what, what is happening? And I don't understand. Like, it, it's just like, because what's the point of making a lousy product I guess, when you could make a great product? Well, since I, I have zero idea what their claims on this in terms of ownership and like publishing. And yeah, all I, I don't is. know the nitty gritty. Now, regardless, like if they have to do something, they've done something. Right. Yeah, we have established we are making an alien book. Yep. Yeah, but like, if you're going to do that, put anyone else on it. You have well, a thousand it, other it, people. It could also just be they don't value it and they don't value it. It's not like they got it, like they, they inherited it from their rich grandparents and they resent owning it. Maybe they do. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, mean, I inherited this old theater from my grandfather who, want, who, who, who wants me to keep it up and I'll, so I'll burn it down for the insurance well, money. Well, it's not like Marvel purchased them. Marvel didn't purchase the... Well, Marvel purchased the rights to the Alien book. I know, but, like, Marvel didn't. Disney, Disney did. Bought, Disney bought Fox, but right. there's... But then, I guess they would... But then, but Dark Horse still lost the rights to the publishing of, of, the, of the characters. Right, but did Marvel decide, like, hey, I want to publish an Alien book? Or did Disney say, hey, go publish an Alien book? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, regardless, it's not for you. It sure ain't. And I don't, for the life of me, know anybody else who it's for either. I'm so, and I am sorry because I I hate when something that anyone cares about is is mistreated like that. Yeah, and it is it is a straight up mistreatment. Good call. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) Good words, Tiffany. Thank you very much for your point that it is a mistreatment. Nailed it. That's my quote. You said that. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did say that. Thanks. Uh, Salvador Laraca is coming for me now. He he is gonna kick my ass. When New York Comic Con opens up, and like, listen, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not, I didn't say anything about you as a person or your mother. Like, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure she's a very nice. I'm lady. sure she is. I'm sure you're a nice guy, but like, don't put yourself in the fucking book. Yeah, put me in the book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be in the book. 
I, that's the thing is that like I guess it's just like I, I like like I've published my own comics before. I don't name them on the show because I feel like that's a conflict of interest. I feel like that's a that's a that's a betrayal of the audience's trust. Yeah. Girk Pectus says, uh, "You are you going to Twitch Resident Evil Eight? What do you think of it?" Sorry, I keep asking. No comic book questions. Love the show, but I don't read many comic books. Oh, um, I uh. I didn't realize you kept asking. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tiffany, by the way, does uh, Twitch video game streams on um, uh, on twitch.tv slash comic pop, which you can find on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I honestly hadn't even thought about it. Um, I know, like, listen, I know super cool logo for this village. <laughs> got the eight right in there. Yeah. Got the opportunity to put the Roman numeral in there. Super tall vampire lady. Oh. And vampire friends. Mm. Cool. Right. Super hot, why not? Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I know about the, this. That's game. all you know about this, yeah. this game, isn't it? Yeah, because honestly, right now all I'm thinking about is on Friday, Pokemon Snaps coming out. Yay! <laughs> but that doesn't mean I shouldn't play it. No. Or give it a shot. Although I hate jump scares. I like horror. I hate jump scares. It feels cheap. Right. You should scare me with your concepts. That make my skin crawl. I want to think about things later on that I like. Wish I had eye bleach to remove. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't just be like, "Bleh." I scared you. Yeah, like yeah. Technically, you startled me. Thank you. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I will talk briefly about Justice League, and then we're going to move on to the next t- book that Tiffany read. Cool, because I read Justice League Dark in the back of that. Oh, great! We'll just transition right from there. I literally didn't read Justice League. I just read the back. That's great because I didn't read Justice League Dark. So Justice League uh, number sixty from Bendis and uh, David Marquez okay. is more of the same. Uh, Tamara Bond villain does a nice job with colors, uh, and actually, does. Marquez's art is pretty good. It's a little softer than it usually is. It's interesting if you look at like his work on the Batman Superman book from Williamson, and then you look at this book. Uh, there's something just a little softer, and it could be just that, that they changed colorists. Uh, it could be the inker. I don't know, but like there's something just a little, a little different, and oh. it's not a bad different. But it gives it a softer edge to it, a little softer touch, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it, how how different the art can look as a result of just a couple of seemingly, you know, irrelevant changes. Uh, but yeah, so obviously Black Adam joins the Justice League. Uh, he's the you know he's the Wolverine of the New Avengers uh, experience. Mm. Uh, Naomi's also important because the monster that talks like Bendis came uh, from her planet, and so they're, they they bring her in on the team. Okay, and uh, and then everyone just talks about what they're going to do about it for the next like several issues. So you know if you're not a fan of thing people, if you're talking, not expi- if you're not a Bendis fan, you're not going to enjoy this. Although uh, Hippolyta shows up and she is she's looking a lot younger than she used to. I find that interesting. Uh, maybe because she's going to be joining the Justice League pretty soon. But well, she did venture out. She did venture out into Man's World, and yeah. so she fights the monster too. A bunch of people fight fight the Bendis monster, leaving Nubia to rule the Amazons. Yes, that's right. That's right. So that'll be fun to see Hippolyta join. I- I'm excited to see her doing it because she's like, screw Black Adam. What are you doing? So it's like, oh, there's going to be fun, some fun uh, crossover there. That's going to be super awkward when Diana inevitably comes back. It's like, mom? Mom, what are you doing here? And it's like, I'm sleeping with Batman. Like, or, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Bendis will do what he wants because yeah. like Barry Allen's on the team and Barry Allen ain't in the DC universe anymore. <laughs> I love that idea of how awkward that's going to be. Be like, Diana, your friends told me some stuff about you. Mm-hmm. We should probably talk. Right. Like, Worlds are colliding. Yeah. for Wonder Woman. That's right. <laughs> uh, you got you got Justice League Wonder Woman. You yeah. got Justice League Diana, <laughs> and over here you've got Independent Diana. <laughs> you have Themyscarian Diana. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, they build a they build an they build an international or an interdimensional transport machine that Flash can power. They send them to uh, seemingly Naomi's world, and they're all separated. Oh no. What's going to happen? Who cares? It's just, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, it, it, if you like that kind of thing, you're going to. And I kind of do. I, I was in no way like, 
Boo. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, <laughs> Bendis. Okay. No complaints, right. I guess. So that's that. I, I guess I'll recommend it if you like Bendis. Uh, that's fair. But if you don't, you're definitely not going to like this because it's just nonstop Bendis. Also fair. So, yeah. So then uh, if you keep reading the book, it goes into Just Like Dark Territory. Let's go into Just Like Dark Territory because that's written by Ram V with art by Zermanico. Ooh, the art was really fun in this, by the way. I looked at like the conversation with, with Etrigan and I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, no, it's really fun. I, I actually, I, I like this pairing. It's pretty solid. Um, it's obviously it's being treated like some of those, um, it's backup basically, but yeah. like, it, it's not a complete story. It's like, and the next part will come soon. in the next issue of, of just like, and whatever. So like, inevitably they probably could publish like something small mm-hmm. of it, I guess. Oh, I like know. a little, a little mini trade. I don't know how they're going to do this. Like, and yeah, I guess question. it depends on how long that this goes for. Um, but, um, this is setting up kind of what they did in the, uh, just like dark future state book where it was like, mm. it was the future obviously. And like, you know, the, the magical end was nigh. Yes. Merlin was involved, obviously. Yeah. Um, Ragman was there. So we're getting all these players right here. Like Merlin is a, a factor. Yeah. Uh, so much so that, um, Etrigan shows up to the league and they have a little league meeting and they're like, Hey, things suck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's like that. And he's like, there's a warning. We have to talk about this. We have to, you know, deal with this. And Batman's like, that's fine. As long as, like, Justice League Dark's involved and, like, Zatanna takes point. I love that. Batman being like, well, as long as Zatanna's in charge. Yeah, because obviously with Wonder Woman gone, she was in charge of Justice League Dark. So yeah. who's going to step up? Zatanna's not comfortable with this. Yeah, and Batman's like, there is no one else on your team I trust except for Zatanna. And that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, you know, Bobo. I mean, Detective, maybe Bobo. Maybe. Certainly not John. John doesn't want it. In <laughs> fact, like when uh, I think Superman touches her shoulder, like John's face in the background, he smiles. Like he's like, good for her. Like she's getting like what she what she should have. Yeah. And I was like, that's so sweet. Like it's just this nice moment where he's like kind of proud of her. Yeah. And then naturally, um, Ollie um, is like, yeah, no, like I, I know, like I've got my own Merlin. It's not he's not bad at all. Like, what's the big deal? Isn't this just like a wizard with a pointy hat? Oh no, like we're getting magi- that magi- scene. He goes, isn't it just a magician with a pointy hat? Wow. And like Constantine weird. is like, yeah, no. Um, we're not talking about a magician, we're talking about the magician. Right. And if like we're getting a message directly from hell to do something about it, perk up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thanks, John. Yeah. So we know that they're gonna be after some like, you know, you know, following leads and such, figuring out where to go next. Um Meanwhile, in a bookstore, we get some like other sort of like plot thing going on here, which honestly, without the Merlin thing, this is kind of neat. <laughs> this, this, like, this, this is what I'd rather be this reading. Smear is mysterious dude comes into the shop looking for the short stories of a real author. You can actually pick up. Oh, cool. Who had like influence on like magical realism and such, right? Like, okay. have, like inserting like magic into the real world and writing stories about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like he asks to take this like volume of like all these like first printed stories or whatever. And then he basically releases them into the world. Oh, like all the magical problems into the stories, like to just release them. And I was like, Oh, that's like a fun, like backup series of like the justly dark having to chase these around the world. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It's like an undercurrent that keeps the action going. Isn't going to actually be what it's about. And like the Merlin thing is like, is this character created by Neil Gaiman? I, I, actually, I actually don't know. I didn't look. I, I I didn't recognize him. Um, but I think he he, he goes by uh, the name of Wilt, Mister Wilt. Okay. 
I honestly was I this one I had to read during my lunch hour. That's right. um, <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> Oh, but he needs to be able to look at the original manuscript. Well, that's what he takes. So. Like he takes and he like releases them, but I was like that's really fun. It's a fun idea. So I don't know. Regardless like I like the way this lo- book looks. I like the way Ramvi writes these characters. Initially, remember I was like on the fence about him in yes. terms of like I like Tynan's voice for these characters and initially I didn't like him taking over, mm-hmm. but he seems to have found his own voice for them and it's very comfortable and it feels confident and I dig it. So yeah. Cool. 10 out of 10. Nice. All right. Just Like Dark survives. Yeah. But honestly, in spite of itself. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you were reading Justice League Dark, but you weren't reading Justice League, you're probably not going to spend the money on this because the story is so short in the back. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say it's worth it to pick up the Justice League book just to read this, unfortunately. That's too bad. I wish they were doing it almost as like an additional, like the digital first thing, but like backwards. Mm. Like you could get it here in this book or you could pick it up for like a buck online. At least then, even if you're not used to reading digital comics and you don't want to, but you would have a place to get it for an appropriate price. That's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, also. Also Ragman shows up. Yeah, it's, Ren Ragman. It's a spectacular looking image. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. You buy no, it. No, it, he looks amazing. Yeah. But I will say that if you pick up that next uh, Batman Fortnite comic, he fights Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what oh my god what a good idea uh, you have my curiosity I um a co-worker of mine's son doesn't read comics this guy has a garage full of comics yes. doesn't care about them watches the shows like both sides both the big two loves Fortnite yep. heard this comic was coming out they had to figure out how to get it he hasn't purchased a comic in years kid gets the comic by the way the artist was actually at the store no kidding yeah because they live in the area oh that's cool so they got a signed copy of it, and they got another copy he could read. And he's like, he tore through that so fast. He's like, I, maybe I'm just old, but they're shorter than they used to be, right? I'm yeah, like, they no, are. they actually are. Oh, they're much <laughs> yeah, shorter. They yeah, But they're more expensive, so it really evens out. <laughs> it was just funny to hear from someone who hasn't like really picked up a comic in years and years to be like, is this shorter? Am I losing it? What's happening? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's called decompression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, let me let me introduce you to my little friend. It's called Marvel trades that are thirty dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I read uh, the new Amazing Spider-Man. It's good. I what? like it. Yeah, it's just fun. You know, what? it continues to be fun. Uh, I will say that the artist is different. The ar- don't let the cover art fool you because the cover art is done by Bagley, and I believe Bagley's working on some event of theirs. But we'll see. But. Uh, the actual interiors are done by uh, an artist that I do not recognize. The cover of this, it's the color palette. It just doesn't work. It does, Well, it has a really old school feel to it. It like, does. It looks old. Yes, it does. But like, I'm not saying it's in a bad way necessarily. No, but um, it feels it, like a it, like an old. It does, and it could also just be the fact that there's like there's a lot happening. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot happening. This is a very. Uh, there's like, really nowhere to go where there isn't something pushing you someplace <laughs> that's right that's right and that's happening in this book by the way which is written by nick spencer the artist by frederico Vic, 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 vicenti or vicenti vin vicen Vic- vicentini there you go frederico vicentini uh who did the art and did a really nice job but yeah no, it continues the whole thing you know, Randy and uh, Beetle were kidnapped. Uh, Robbie and Tombstone got to team up. Meanwhile, the Kingpin has enlisted Baron Mordo to... What? 
yeah baron mordo's looking for work uh because you know dr strange got canceled so he's in this now and he's under the employee of uh, kingpin because uh kingpin needs uh kindred to tell him information he needs because kindred is like under lock and key at ravencroft so uh-huh. now like kingpin has made an enemy of norman osborne uh you know so they, that's happening because we're all building up towards the big like i think sinister war that's happening okay uh, spider-man uh not mr sinister no no. <laughs> the Sinister Six. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, you know. He should show up and be like, um. Yeah, what the hell? How could, how could you have never thought of having me on your team? I wouldn't be on it, by the way. Oh, no, I would never. <laughs> we, get, we get some fun appearances from characters like the Crime Master, Madam Mask. Uh, I think it's the Sphinx. Um, and of course, like Boomerang, like finds his balls and like and swings into action to save the day. Okay. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, probably not well, but you know. It's fun. It's but a, hey, he's got a lot of doves. I guess they're pigeons. There were a lot of doves or pigeons in this to, book. If they're in New York, it's pigeons. It's not doves. It's never doves. It's but never it, doves. I will say that there were a lot of birds. It was it was like John Woo directed <laughs> this book. But a uh, lot of lot of lot of uh, birds in this issue. Um, I just, birds. Yeah, bird, damn birds. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm just I'm reading it, and when I don't like it, I just go like I didn't like it. And when I do like it, I'll just I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, and it's just the art was fun, and the. Uh, and the story is going in a direction. We'll see about the Sinister War. I'm it's not going in a direction. Going in a direction. And it's a direction that isn't just, like, obviously dumb. You yeah. know, so, okay. Uh, getting back to the Super Chats really quick. Yeah, let's do it. I wanted to mention that um, Philip Kelton says, Alien 3 is awesome. Fight me any day. Because Alien 3 is not awesome. It's actually quite boring. <laughs> Fight uh, me! Yeah. What are you, um, Thor? <laughs> yeah, what are you, Thor? <laughs> fighting uh, Dracula? <laughs> But SJ Nug says, uh, been a fan for years, wanted to send some support. Well, well thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Yeah, man, thank Appreciate you. That. Thank you for being here, and, and, and hopefully you'll stick around for a little longer. Um, <laughs> well, you know, usually there's a, there's a half-life to these YouTube things. People who oh. are like, I love this, and then they just leave. That's okay. Uh, as long as they come back, though. Mm-hmm. Their way back. Yeah. Uh, John Broussard says Amelia Clark was cast in Secret Invasion. If Kate Blanchett can't be Abby Brandt because Hella Clark uh, isn't a bad choice, Skrull Queen would be would be also cool. Yeah, I uh, I think she's Vernacki, uh, the Skrull Queen. I don't think she's Abigail Brand. Cool. Who would you cast for Abigail Brand besides yourself? I I would not cast myself. I'm not an actress. I would. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know who I would cast for that. I part of me wants like Alina Heedy. Oh, it should be great. Because, like, I always, like, as much as Brand is pictured, like, drawn as, like, a beautiful young woman, I always, like, imagine her as, like, a, like a with a few more years on her than mm-hmm. the average superhero. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, she's been around. Right. But, like, you need someone with, like, a hard edge. Mm-hmm. And I think Hedy has it. Yeah. She has that, like, no nonsense, like, get it in there, just get it done. She's great. Yeah. I would have loved her as, if they wanted to gender swap a character, Dr. Doom, make Lena Hedy Victoria Von Doom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she's great. But only her. I, I like her. Yeah. She's, she's great. just great. Yep. I, I want to high five her. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll go uh, to Let's cons. not do that. We'll do bones because I probably won't miss with that. The yeah. high five, I'm going to miss. You have to, look at gonna, an el- you have to look at their elbow. Yeah, I'm going to be so, I'd be so nervous. I'd end up like hitting her in the face and, mm-hmm. I, and then I'd be the person who hit Heedy in the face and I don't want to, that's not what I want to be. No. It's not what I want to be. Kevin Kruger, if your parents come back to you, uh, will you do Watchmen? Uh, or, well. or, or, or <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna do Watchmen I'm not doing Watchmen with my parents that's too much context they don't understand I feel like your parents would be like we did the one <laughs> they did two no that's right we did two yeah I mean like they would they would be interested but they'd also like dick me around for a week well yeah so you know well, like I mean, they did last can, time you can film with them anytime that's true well you know yeah <laughs> 
Uh, Girk Peck says, did you see Mortal Kombat? It's technically better than Annihilation, but I would watch that hilarious train wreck a hundred times before watching that new piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did see Mortal Kombat. It's fun. We did. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It, it's Mortal Kombat. It's Mortal Kombat. You know, I think some people are going to really dig it. Some people are going to have that nostalgia train that they want to be on. Uh-huh. And that's not what this new movie is. In fact, this new movie, I was like, cool. They're like doing something completely different. But then they do like that little wink and a nod. And I'm like, don't do the wink and the nod. If you're doing something different, don't do the wink and the nod. Right. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to say, you know, flawless victory. <laughs> I get it. But they did. But they did. They did do And that. fatality. And fatality. But nobody yelled Mortal Kombat. And it's like, oh, well, then what are, they, what are we doing here? That guy was off that day. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> but it was good stuff. I, I was like, this is fine. Like, I, I didn't love it, but I also didn't hate it. It I, was just like exactly what I would expect a Mortal Kombat movie to be no, in today's world. I had my like random things that I was like, my biggest thing was obviously when, you know, knowing the history of Scorpion in this film, when he shows up later mm-hmm. and says, Get over here. Get over here, yeah. Why does he say it in English? Because he had to. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Anyway. Thank you, Scarlet Hottie, for your support, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, thank you. And nobody except me. How much to get Sal to try on the Black Panther and Casey Jones mask live? No amount will work. I am not a dancing monkey, and nor is my wife. But I will say, uh, you know, maybe one day on the on a live show we'll do it. I I have been known to dance, but it's not in the like monkey capacity. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not for tips, I'll tell you that. Never. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I did read, I did wear that grifter mask one time in an old uh, GBU. So go back and watch the good, the bad, and the ugly, which uh, of which there are sixty two or sixty one episodes, and uh, you'll find me wearing a grifter mask for one of them. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But I did wear that that Casey Jones mask once. It's hard to wear. It is, it is like a series of straps. It is. Well, Look I mean, at this. It's, it's authentic. Yeah, great. It also looks terrible on you. It looks great here and looks terrible on your face, which is why it's a collectible and not... Uh, a fashion know, statement. A fashion statement, exactly. So what else did you read, Tiffany? Oh, my gosh. I guess, I'm going to have to rapid fire, I guess, some of these. Why not? Um, I read Black Knight. How was it? Curse of the Ebony of Light 2. It was great. Sysperior and uh... and and some other person did this book for sure. Mm-hmm. They and and they did a great job. Davila, mm. um, it looks great. It, it it you know the story is about Black Knife or Black Knife Black Knight. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm looking at his sword. I'm tired. And um, oh wait, no, it's Spurrier and Davila working together. Oh, That's the way they put it. Cool. They okay. say buy these two. Right. Not that, and and I we know Spurrier's not drawing the damn thing. No, and, so. I want, and I do want to point that out though because like that means that like they're it, coming up with the story together. Yeah, it's a very like collaborative. I, it's a collaborative working relationship and I think that that's really cool. That's um, nice. This book really dives into a little bit more of the Black Knight lore so it's like hey, you didn't know what's up even before. Here's, here's a little more info. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been on this kick lately. Obviously, I'm reading. I'm loving Excalibur. I'm reading Once in Future, and guess what? We're talking about Arthur and like knights and Merlin in this book too. I can't get away from Merlin this no. week. Okay, <laughs> I just I cannot get away from Merlin this week, and um, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's just Merlin's all over the place. Merlin's from three different comic book companies. Right. Um. Right now. Nice public domain. Might as well use them. Right? One. It's, it's cool. And this this Merlin literally in the past does have like a wizard hat. Yes. And such. And a bird. And a bird. And a bird. But needless to say, the reason obviously I was going to really enjoy this issue, other than just enjoying um, Spurrier's uh, you know, voice and, and obviously his you know, desire to write the story, even though really it's about an American. Right. With like 
you know, English lore behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elsa Bloodstone's in it. Yay! She's, she's joining the team. So I'm I'm in. I mean, no one's using her. Let 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 yes, put her in this. <laughs> she was with the Deadpool run for a bit. I was really enjoying that with Kelly yeah. Thompson, but now she's at home in some like you know Arthurian lore. Uh-huh. <laughs> so looking forward to to seeing where this series goes and um, being able to say, hey, I read a Black Knight book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll read the whole series cover to cover. I will. Good for you. Thank and you. good for Black Knight. Yeah. And I dig it. Like I said, like if you, I'm not saying this is like Once in Future necessarily because mm. that's a very different take on yeah. that. But I'm just saying if you are just looking for more Arthurian lore told in a different way, here's another avenue. That's fair. Uh, Jimmy Jonathan Lee is an <laughs> aged John Kent really that bad? I like Bennis's idea of John being a sci-fi superboy with Legion and Pla- United Planets, plus the alternate uh, where he never ages like Franklin Richards would be worse. Uh, I disagree, but I respect your opinion and I appreciate your support of the channel. Thank you very much, man. Um, yeah, uh, listen, we're going to find out because uh, we're getting a Tom Taylor Superman book starring John Kent as Superman going in the direction that Future State suggested it was going to go in anyway. So I'm off. Uh, I'm off. So another DC title bites the dust for me. Sounds like up, up, and away from this book. From this book. I'll continue to read Superman in trade only. Thank Mm. you. Uh, Kiwi Billy, thanks for all the great content. Mike sounds great. Take my money. Will do. Thank you very much, Kiwi. Really. Uh, And Girk Pectus, for April Fool's back issues, you should do Spider-Man versus Dracula. Hype it up as the greatest fight of all time. Spoilers, the two don't even meet. I know. I own it. (laughs) And I've read it twice. It's terrible. (laughs) Why did you read it twice? Because I wanted to make sure. Like, was it that bad? Yeah, well, because I because it came out a long time ago. Maybe and you're uh, wrong. Eric M helping us out. Uh, he says it was supposed to be a request for the Century on GBU. I've thought about doing Century on GBU. There's a thousand multi or mini series he's been in. Uh, we've thought about it. Mm. Uh, he would not help. GBU is a show that is dying very slowly on this channel. Yeah, and uh, so we can only afford to do show like books that you'll watch because otherwise you know you're not watching the show and so eventually that show will peter out like all the others uh what else did you read um what else did i read i read um, yes i read this <laughs> captain marvel, captain marvel number did you read it just because this was on the cover i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> well what's the cover what did it say it's a sorceress supreme i mean listen i this is like this is the marvel equivalent of a clickbait book yes it's literally what this is covers were the original clickbait we all know that that's not what's going to happen in there and guess what i was correct um sorcerer supreme well that's an, and that's the thing it's a question mark that's why we do our titles and like it that. even has because they're magical it has like some circles it's only missing the arrows nothing there's no <laughs> arrow pointing to anything on this cover so sorcerer supreme <gasps> 10 things you missed <laughs> and 10 things you didn't oh uh-huh. anyway um Fart. this is written by kelly thompson with art by jacopo camagni okay I won't make you say it again. I butchered that, and I apologize. This is coming off of a series I haven't been reading. We're in issue 28. I haven't read any of them. So, nope. hey, cool. I'm just going to dive right into this. And well, I did. I actually read the the intro page, and I was like, cool. Because this is Strange Magic what, Part 1 of 3. Cool. But oh, like, good. I literally used the like int- context, the, page. The context page to give me context. I was like, neat. Hey, Carol was in the future, like 50-some mm-hmm. years in the future. Yep. Where there was like, no, sorry, not 50. It was the year 2052 right uh so it's like like 10 it's like 30 <laughs> it's 2021 it's 31 years 2030 2052 oh 2052 i said, yeah. I said 2032 no um so anyway in the future like namor and enchantress like got together at some point and they had a kid named ove okay 
sure there's some sort of thing I'm saying wrong there as well. But, uh, hey, he rules the the future with an iron fist and, like, all their, like, not not the iron fist and uh, <laughs> an iron fist. Yes, with his iron, with the iron fist, he becomes uh, the, the defender of Kunlun and sworn enemy of the hand. Yeah. Um, and the sworn enemy of everyone, honestly, because like, he ends up killing all of her friends and it all sucks. And, like, she had an opportunity to stop him, but it, like, didn't happen. And so now she's in the past and she has, like, survivor's guilt, essentially. And she's, right. like, trying to figure out how to stop it. And she figures the way to do it is with magic. Ah, and so she talks to her friend, uh, Jessica Drew. They have, like, a little coffee date, and she explains that she needs to learn about magic. So, so like, Jess is like, let's go to the Sanctum Sanctorum. So they go there, mm-hmm. and, like, she's like, this is a bad idea. And Jess is like, I already knocked. <laughs> really, this is well, I've already happened. knocked. And she's like, it's going to be weird and awkward. And Jess immediately is like, oh, you slept with Doctor Strange. She's like, yeah, I'm a woman in the Marvel Universe. And then he opens the door. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, basically. You can't get enough of the wand of a tomb. No, he's like, all right, come on in, everybody. So they go in, they, we do the snake bit that we've seen before with like Aaron's run. They were like those snakes. They're, they're still here. <laughs> uh-huh. And they're, 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 you know, still. But is Bast? No, they're just a couple. I mean, uh, the dog? Oh, Bats? Bats. He's not in here. Um, I don't think he's here. Maybe he I think is. he went away. I think they got rid of him. I don't know if they got rid of him or he went someplace else. I don't know if I remember. Yeah, but I remember anyway. the snakes because they were gossips. That was the <laughs> right. whole thing. Like they like their stories. And oh. Don't talk to them because mm-hmm. this make it worse. Yep. Anyway. And everything what happens is Jess has to leave, so uh, thus abandoning. <laughs> no, don't worry, Carol. I am with you. I will not make this awkward. I gotta text. go. She's like, I have to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, damn it. For real? Yeah. So Steve's like, yeah, Dennis Hopeless is another book for me. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm in it. So anyway, he's, you know, Steve's like, all right, what's up? And she's like, I need you to teach me magic, or teach you. I need you to teach me magic. And then he just laughs at her, and he's like. Oh, you're serious. Right. I mean, listen, even if it didn't take like years and years and, and years to learn magic, you don't have any skill for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, that's not what you're good at. Like mm-hmm. you have things that you're, you're too old, at. too <laughs> old to, to, to experience the training. Well, he's very much like, you know, listen, like he, um, he, he's like, you have things you're good at and I have things I'm good at, but right. like, I can't do what you do and you can't do what I do. And that's just like, it's a nice way of saying no. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, she explains everything, and he's like, "Okay, so, sure, I'll try to help you, but you gotta you gotta change your outfit because you'll stick out like a sore thumb." We're okay. Going to the bar with no doors. They oh. go there. He takes her to like Schrodinger's room. Okay. Um, it's it's basically it's the entity Schrodinger. So there's like a one door and then a door with a cat on it, and uh-huh. she gets sent into the void door mm-hmm. where it presents to her like her own guilt. It's like what she needs to see. And so she sees herself failing to kill Ove. Okay. And she leaves and is like, that didn't do anything. And he's like, she's like, you're not going to teach me magic, are you? And he's like, that's not the solution. Yeah, what? No. Like, that's not That's not <laughs> the actual solution. I thought this would help you. It helped me when I was confused and needed help. And I thought it would help you. And he's like, he's very tender with her. And like, mm. he touches her face and they kiss. And she's like, if you're not going to teach me magic, I'll find someone who does or will. Uh. And so she just goes to a bunch of other magical characters in the Marvel Universe. And they're all like, no. Yeah, because <laughs> Doctor Strange, like, used, according to her, she's like, did he put out, like, did he use, like, the magical PTA tree? Right. And go, like, don't teach Carol magic. Yeah, and, and like, one of them's like, basically. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah, so she goes to, like, you know, uh, Brother Voodoo and, and Nico Minru and, mm-hmm. and uh, Scarlet Witch. <sighs> and, like, Scarlet Witch is like, I can. She's like, you really going to do me like this? She's like, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, fine. I'm going to tell like, everybody I could possibly think of as a magical ally, so you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to go talk to the Enchantress. 
Okay. She's like, I need your help. Mm-hmm. And that's where we leave it. Oh, that's no good. So I'm like, cool. So we'll see, I guess. I don't know. Listen, I don't have access to Doctor Strange right now, so at least he was in this, and he was pretty in character. Mm. It's almost like Kelly Thompson's like, I could write a Doctor Strange book. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she Didn't could. she do that what-if book with the magic? Uh, that was not her. Well, no, it was the other one. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, but, that was that was okay. Yeah, that was well, but right. yeah, but she did a series too, and it sucked. So yeah. anyway, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I also want to just give a quick shout out to Nightwing at number seventy nine. Oh, I read this. Oh, you did. I, well, I just said it was good, so I read it. Yeah. Uh, who drew this? Oh, um, it's someone I didn't know, but I loved it. Like, yeah, they're so good. They're, they're so like, good. They have like a like Redondo. Oh. Is it Bruno Redondo? Here, just the the pages like over here. Mm. Um, honestly, like this art is like it, uh, next not, level. Yeah, it's Bruno Redondo. Yeah, I got but, it. But like, it's not just next level. It, it strikes me as like kind of like Darrington, right? But with more modern sensibilities to it. Yeah, like with more like especially in the specific ways of like drawing the body and depicting it it has yep. like more of a comic book feel it to does. it or like standard comic book art but then he also like circumvents expectations honestly yeah. in terms of being able to mimic older styles and give panel layouts in ways that you may not have seen or don't see very often mm-hmm. but still tell a story that you can follow through the pages without getting lost yes uh, gorgeous, beautiful book. Uh, the idea is basically uh, Nightwing's looking for a purpose in Bloodhaven now that he's a billionaire and he finds it. He's like, also looking for some pizza. Yeah, and he looks for some pizza and he finds it. I love that there's a great moment. It's just so funny. Oh it's genuinely gosh. good. Yes. Where he takes Barbara out on a very cheap date and he's like, I'll take two slices. And she goes, you're a billionaire now. Like they're at a, they're at a walk up pizzeria. Yeah. Not a pizzeria you can eat in. A nope. pizzeria you have to walk up to the the, to the, like, the thing to. Yep. And she goes, you're a billionaire now. And he goes, oh, right. Four slices. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's me as a billionaire. Thank you. Well, but, I mean, we're still getting like pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And uh, basically he like he, he discovers there's like some homeless people who ask for, for some, some change. It's a dad and a son. And he just says, wait a minute, call everybody you know. And then they all have pizza. And, so, and I love, that's when I noticed the like going out of business sign on the pizzeria, which is called Marvin George's, which is an adorable Titans reference. But I love that like the pizzeria is going to business. So he saved both the business and these homeless people with the one shot. I'm like, that's so Dick Grayson. Uh, And that was great. Um, But he got his wallet stolen by some urchins and, uh, you know, Barbara rats him out to the entire bat family. Those guys also took like four pizza boxes. Yeah, they did. The kids who stole his wallet also took a bunch of pizza. Yes. Uh, Those kids need to be set straight. Yes. (laughs) Uh, we just the the dad of the of the home the homeless uh, dad dies. He's killed by the heartbreaker, a new villain. And uh, okay, can we can we real talk about that one for a second? Uh-huh. I was like, oh man, it's Sailor Moon plot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sailor Moon did it first. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know Tom Taylor is actually a Moonanite or a Moonatic? A Moonatic. Yeah. <laughs> that's canon. Tweet at him and tell him. No. Uh, but we also set up uh, Maroni, and you know he's like the, the villain of the of Bloodhaven. Like he's like the he's the um, you know, the Falcon of the of, of Bloodhaven. Yeah, that page is dope. A gorgeous. Every uh, you know, every page was was great looking. There's like beautiful moments. I'm so glad that Barb is in this book because like she should be like the other like the supporting cast. Like she should be like the t- the two protagonists of Nightwing. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, uh, ultimately he finds out there's like a tent city made of kids. That's the kids, the, the urchins who stole from him. Uh-huh. And so he's like, ah, geez. Like, he doesn't take his wallet back. He doesn't take the pizzas back. This immediately made me think of They Live. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, the tent city. Like, why? Yeah. It's such a great movie. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, and that's it. He's just like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help homeless people. Like, that's my that's my goal. Yeah. Okay. It's... it's, it's the the marching orders or like the like the through line I don't really care but I do love everything about it mm-hmm. and I can get behind Dick's motivation mm-hmm. so everything works. But I would also say that like you know even though this is issue seventy nine, it's issue two. Yeah, and <laughs> really. so it's it's if you were ever interested in Nightwing or maybe you were it before and maybe you haven't read in a while for whatever reason this is not a bad place to re-enter because like i'm not a nightwing reader Mm -hmm. but the last issue obviously i saw a page of it up someplace and that made me want to go and check it out and so then when you said this book was really good i was like oh i'm gonna go check this one out as well and i i thoroughly enjoyed it honestly like the story is great and i love the heart in it and i love Eh. the 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 wittiness and the the snappiness to the dialogue i mean they managed to like get those little jokes in there, but not make it like, like all constant. about it. Yeah, because like, like, like we're Bab- a comedy book. Yeah, well, Bab gets one in about his costume, about how he clearly has confidence because it's like his costume is it's tighter than anyone else's. Yeah, and I was like, that's really funny. Like, that's just hilarious. That's why his butt looks so good. That's right. Because he's just like, well, he knows. He's like, I got the goods. Mm-hmm. I have to share this with the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I didn't, that's the crime. Right. <laughs> I just noticed the pizzas are two for one. Oh. So. That's why he got two slices because he's, like, he's paying slices. for one. That's he's another only thing. For one. By the way, I want to point out Adriano Lucas's colors because There's, they are they they are outstanding. They're really great. No, this book looks amazing, and honestly, even if like the story was so so, which it's not, it's it's a solid story. Like I would definitely read this just to see the art on this book. This is one of those books for me. Yep, gorgeous, mm-hmm. great book, uh, fun series. Pick it up, check it out. Yeah, Nightwing number seventy nine and Sailor Moon. And Sailor Moon, check out this, this the, 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 the manga. <laughs> uh, Philip Kelton, Alien 3 ain't boring. It's perfect about tragic end. It isn't, but fair enough. I'm glad you uh, feel that way. Congratulations. Uh, I, I Listen, uh, I know people like you who like Alien 3. And there are many of you, and I'm sure there's a subreddit just for you. Uh, but not here. Alien 3 sucks. Looks terrible. It I think what my nowhere. issue with it is, is that, like, I don't... And, like. This is coming from literally a person who's like, you know what's great? The ending of Evangelion. Right, which I think is not great. And I'm and like, I think that's it's horrible. dope. And I'm like, you know what my favorite ending for Silent Hill 2 is? In Water. Right. I'm like, that's the that's best fine, ending. That's fine, though. But like I'm saying, like, I love a tragic ending. I yeah. really, really do. But a tragic ending used just to continue a series because you needed to do something else or mm-hmm. like to do something that wasn't clearly where the story was going, that's where I fundamentally have an issue with it, where it's just like, we had no intent on taking this in this direction. Right. But we will now because we want to make another movie. Right. We want to make more money. Yeah. That's where I struggle with like a tragic ending because I'm like, that's just. Yeah. So, like it, a, yeah. so it ruins the ending of Aliens because they want to keep doing more movies. movies and it's like, but then it gets gives Ripley a, a tragic ending. And it's like, I don't care about that. Yeah. I have no problem. I love tragic. Endings. Is it badass that she holds the alien queen against her while she jumps in the acid? Yeah. Did I see that already in Terminator 2? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I always think that's a little like cheesy and i don't know why like yeah. in theory it should be i don't know it should be cool but it's like kind of silly but that's how i remember it yeah i don't also know. like why does waylon look like bishop anyway jesse smith says sorry i'm late this is thanks to tiffany's poison ivy impersonation during the harleen review <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> great episode 
Uh, Girk Pectus, idea for Elseworlds exchange characters you used to love now that you hate because of one story. I can't get, I can't stand Iron Man after Civil War. Carol and Zatanna identity crisis. Mm. Mm. Good idea. Uh, just some guy with a mustache. Pink moon tonight, y'all. So I guess that means Chibiusa is coming here from the future to save the world or make out with her dad well, or if, whatever. If her dad is Nightwing. Then I get it. Yeah, she's going for it. It's, gonna be like, it's, it's cool. That would be so awkward if Barbara and Dick's kid from the future showed up. Oh, no. Then we know. <laughs> Taylor, you're a lunatic. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's see. <laughs> I dare you. Wait, I have two more books. Oh, okay. And they're both X-related, so let me just get through them really quickly. Okay. X-Force came out this week. It wraps up the Quentin Quire um, story about, like, the fact that clearly, like, people were being attacked by some version of, of Kid Omega. Yes. Yes, that all happened. Like, it wasn't just in his head, and it wasn't secretly him doing it by accident, but, like... He learns a lesson about not being a jerk and like, oh, good. Honestly, like learns a lesson about working together and to have self-worth because the fact that he's like this apparently because he doesn't have self-worth and mm-hmm. he self-sabotages like he's a jerk to everyone so that they don't find out he's crappy. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we've all been there. I was like, oh, I suddenly feel I feel seen by you. <laughs> um, ben, this is written by Ben Percy with art by Gary Brown. Which I don't recall if that was the artist working on it I don't it think so. I will warn you, the coloring is by Guru EFX. Ah! And I got to tell you, it doesn't help this book either because the art is a very specific color or uh, style to it. And yes. like pretty heavy inks. And honestly, like the coloration on it at times made it feel muddy. Not always, but at times. Although I do really dig the like glowy effect on mm. Quentin's powers. They did the whole, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street thing last time. Eventually, they were able to pull him out. They, like, reach out to Jean Grey. She's the one that actually comes and gets him to pull him back. And mm-hmm. then they ask him or ask her to teach them a skill. Because he's like, when I was younger, I had a dream in which I was like, like, there was this kid who was just told dick to me. And I, like, punched him and punched him and punched him in my dream. And he, next day, he came to school with a black eye and missing tooth. Uh... And he's like, I need to learn how to do that for real. <laughs> like, clearly, I learned how to do that. But, like, that's, but I can how, do it that's how we're going to stop this guy. Okay. And so you have to teach me and Phoebe that, and we'll go in. And they're going to do, it in, like, a dual front assault. Like, they figured out kind of where this person is, but they got need to draw them out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, Domino and Jean Grey are going to go in the physical world, and Quentin and Phoebe are going in... To the in, dream world. the dream, like, astral project world. And, like, Jean's like, you got you to gotta think this is we. We're, like, it's you and Phoebe, and it's us as a people. It's we together. That's who's doing this. Right. Scary Terry shows up, and he's like, you can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Yeah, and then he helps t- Scary Terry out by, like, you know, teaching him a lesson about his own self-worth, and they oh. end up being friends, and yeah. Oh, great. No. He gives him pants in the classroom, and he's like, Yeah, Whoa, exactly. It's you guys. <laughs> so needless to say, he does run into like his like, scary version of himself, and that iteration of himself had taken control of um, Tom Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And so Cassidy sneaks into where Phoebe and... Uh, listen, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They totally do um, Stranger Things. Right. Where it's like they go into like... Um, the upside down no well, yes but I was gonna say it's not an isolation chamber it's that other type of chamber mm. where like, you go into it and like decontamination chamber no the one where you can't see anything you can't hear anything and oh a sensory deprivation chamber that's it um, but like something that Jean Grey had them make and they like slide into some water and they're floating there and it helps them to like become fluid and move into where they need to go and when uh-huh. they get there it's like totally black and like there's just some water on the ground and I'm like I too saw Stranger Things <laughs> um, 
But uh, uh, Cassie pulls Phoebe out of the water, and so she leaves. Yeah, the Quentin, dream world. Yeah, and so she can't help him, and he's on his own. Oh. and so he has to fight his monstrous version of himself on his own, and like, good. Inevitably, like he does one up it, mm. and like it's just like here's the thing: like you're the worst parts of me, and I already killed you. And he shoots it in the head. Nice. And meanwhile, Domino and Jean Grey in the real world have found the facility where this being is. And Domino's like, I don't have a memory of this place, but I know I've been here. Because remember when Domino got, got on, like, yeah, cut got up? killed in this book, in the series. Yeah, this is where it happened. Cool. This is where they were holding her, and she's like, I don't remember this place, but I know I've been here. Yeah. And so essentially, um, they go in, and when they go into the facility, the Xeno facility, they see this like tiny, meek version of Quentin, like strapped to a chair, mm-hmm. and like he's already dead. Oh. And I'm like, oh, like it, it just it was just really well done. Like yeah. it was a really well done like issue in, in which like we get some like additional depth and like growth for this character who seemingly was kind of like, this is how I am. We'll see how long it sticks. Um, right. But, you know, the art was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked, whatever. Um, but I enjoyed this. I honestly I honestly did enjoy this. And cool. it's, you know, the idea of not having like control or like not knowing if there isn't another version of you out there because it's like clearly that's you know Krakoa will bring you back but only upon confirmation of you actually having died and these guys are just cloning and like using any sort of like you know mutant like genetic material they can find and like I'm like oh that's actually that's horrifying that's like truly scary so I was like that's cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah was there another X-Men book yes sword oh yes sword this book you know how we were saying before about the alien book, how it's like that team doesn't like the art team on that does not compliment it or help it or like elevate empower it. one yeah. another. Um, that is not the case for this book at all. <laughs> this is uh, this book's written by Al Ewing uh, with art by Valero Shiti. Oh, nice. And I'm going to throw it out there that the color is, colors are by Marte Gracia. Oh, I know Marte Gracia. He's one yeah. of the best colors in the industry. And then letters by Ariana Maher. And I want to point that out because I tweeted a panel today mm-hmm. and um, I literally just tweeted it because like, A, I thought the panel was gorgeous. I just loved this panel so much. It's just very like simple when you think about it it's right. just like one character in like this very fluid motion there's a lot of energy and like dynamism in it the colors are just basically two colors mm-hmm. but it's just perfect but it's just thuck and it's a, a character getting a knife in the head and i was like <laughs> well obviously they're just stunned right because that's how uh the tarantula, so the tarantula stuns people just, by he, fucking them in the chest yeah, with his pointy feet yeah it's just oh you're stunned you're not dead you're stunned he's gonna walk away from it just mm-hmm. walk it off um, but they, he, like, Skeety responded oh. and then tagged them in as well as like, oh, you know, nice. it's like a dream team. And I'm like, honestly, when you look at this book, it's, it's gorgeous looking. Um, this is the first book we've had in a bit from this series that hasn't been tied into King and in Black, even though the King and Black, um, tie in books were just were progressing the story. Right. It was tied around literally that event. So it's like, we kind of had the first one and then we had three issues three yeah it was whatever i guess it was the first and the second it was the first issue was was not a king of black and this is the next one yes yeah, so second not, third I... and fourth have were all uh tie-ins and then here we are finally like let's keep going yeah. although this does build literally off of what happened in that in which um fabian cortez died mm. um during the king in black and and magneto decided yes. he should have his day in front of the council mm-hmm. in that epic i'm holding his yeah, Ham- skull. hamlet's shakespearean moment yeah yeah also, the Snark Wars going on. Okay. Um, 
which is like, listen, this is the kind of stuff that Abigail Brand has to worry about because it's like these, you know, these race of beings and they're touching every corner of the universe in a way because they're warring siblings trying to determine who is going to take over the empire Mm. and they're trying to kill one another and like planets are getting sucked up into this and it's like, we have to stop this before it gets here. Yeah. And we have to deal with it essentially. Okay. So that is like a key component here and we see one of the siblings right at the beginning uh, killed by like a mysterious hand with a with a dagger and you're like oh who's mm. that what's going on yeah but no time for that because we have to go um in and watch fabian be resurrected yes jean gray's there she's like i just want you to know i drew the shortest straw and that's why i'm the one to give you your consciousness back mm. i just want you to know that there wasn't it didn't take very long by the way <laughs> okay it really <laughs> they this book if you like baby and cortez this book is not for you this right book kicks the crap out of him and yeah. i loved every page <laughs> i really did so he essentially he's like okay cool so now it's time for like my my big party and like welcoming right and like my my reaffirmation yeah and she's like yeah no you have to go see the council there's we're not doing that today that's not <laughs> happening today sorry yeah yeah but like if you had been here um oh who was it for oh sunfire ceremony was 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 tight too bad you weren't here for that one that no. was great Anyway, he has no clothes on, but he's got to go to the, the okay. quiet council. Okay. They don't even have a full council today. Uh. But, like, Magneto's like, it's fine. We have enough. But I have a couple of guests showing up anyway to kind of fill it in. So don't worry about that because here comes my boy Peeper. You can fill in the council yourself? I don't think you can do that. Trust me. You'll see. Mm-hmm. So Peeper shows up and, like, Cortez is like, I hate him so much because Magneto's like, oh, you're my old friend. Mm-hmm. Peeper, we're friends. Mm-hmm. You and me. We're bros. Right. Cortez is like, no, but me. I'm, not, I'm not weird looking. He's weird looking. <laughs> Come on. Abigail Brand shows up as well. She's like wearing a dope suit. I know it's not really what the point of it is. <laughs> just want to point it out. She just looks great. Is Exodus on this? Yeah, he's there. Yay. Because mm-hmm. Exodus also does not like Fabian Cortez. Oh, and like, no one has any, no one at this meeting has any patience for Fabian Cortez. Fabian's mm-hmm. there basically talk about uh, murder of humans he's like that's that's stupid oh because the fact is it's like hey you guys have this like cool protocol that brings mutants back but you're not going to bring human back so basically isn't that the same as killing them so so we can kill them now so is that like, the idea we should kill them because it's like my family treated me like crap and they're all homo sapiens and uh. like these flat scanners don't understand it and they i should be able to you know get them right no <laughs> that's compelling point but okay. Yeah, that's like essentially his entire thing. And inevitably, they, they're like, I mean, you know, interesting point. Like, man, you know, it's like interesting point about, oh, the counter. Whole, like, about the whole, like, you know, like us not taking action could possibly be the same as that. And we'll discuss that at a, another meeting in the future. But the fact is, no. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to change the law just for you. No. And then Peeper's like, hey, Fabian, what's your, your, your mutant name? Right. And he's like, it's Fabian Cortez. My name is Cortez. <laughs> that's the name given to me by, like, you know, I am, like, you know, for my lineage. Blah, blah, right, blah, but blah. that's humans, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, like, like it's it's just, like, a little, like, eh. And yeah. he, like, loses it and, <laughs> and, like, you know, has a little meltdown. And Magneto has this moment. It's really kind of spectacular. And he's like, listen, I, I, I listened to what you had to say. Everybody gets their day here in front mm-hmm. of, like, the council. Sure, sure, whatever. I want you to like look me in the eye and tell me that your reasons are greater than mine. Sure. And Cortez is like, I can't. I you're just, my, you're my Jesus. Okay. So then like Storm's like, okay, so we're done here. Right. Right. 
Sinister's over there like this is amazing. It's yeah. like the best day of his life. He's yeah. like, oh, this, <laughs> look at this. It's delicious. <laughs> Bring me the wine. Yeah. Um he he continues to go off and then it's kind of discovered what this meeting's actually about, like what mm. the business of the day really is, and it has nothing to do with Fabian getting his chance his his day to make his plea. No. It has to do with the fact that there's going to be a change of um personnel up on sword. Ah. Uh. And so there's like this purple flash of light and two individuals show up. Okay. Um, And we had seen earlier that two of the lizard siblings um, were having a conversation. Like they kind of teamed up to go after the last sibling or like mm-hmm. the other siblings. And like, then it's like, when we get the last one, it'll just be us. And then the world between us, blah, blah, blah. And like the sister was like, you know, really this should just be between us as individuals, not dragging in all these like you know people and cultures and stuff and, yeah and, like like you know street like not in like a kind way necessarily but like that's like not what this is supposed to be honor bound and blah 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 mm-hmm. meanwhile the brother's like you know getting his gun ready to shoot her in sure. the back but he doesn't get a chance because he gets thucked um from none other than uh amelia okay yeah amelia vote mm. who if you don't know was a person that uh professor xavier had a relationship with oh at one point Yet another. She's a snappy little redhead with bangs. I feel like there's no way if Xavier met Mary Jane, he wouldn't be like, Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, But you're like, oh, okay. So she's there to like take them down. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess it was just her. But no, it's not just her. So like she poofs in. Uh-huh. Her power's like turning to mist and I guess tra- teleportation of some sort. Neat. Um. She poops in, and next to her is another individual, and her name is Cora of the Burning Heart from Morocco. Oh, what? And essentially, she's Cora uh, uh, is there to replace Fabian Cortez <laughs> as a part of that six up up on, on sword on sword. Yeah, because she needed someone who could elevate someone else's powers. And Cora can do that because her heart is a literal burning heart and empowers her and makes her strong, but she can share it with others. And while she's literally never done that in Arako because it's Arako and it's like, you know, dog eat dog. Yeah. Um, she's like, she might do it here. And while I have really no reason to trust her, I have more reason to trust her than I do Fabian Cortez. Right. Okay. So you're fired. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Get out. Okay. And so like, he has this spectacular... like realization phase he's like oh that's what this is all about yeah and so then like the meeting just disperses and like emma frost is like hey magneto the next time you want to like um like teach an upstart a lesson right do it on your own time right and he's like no i think it's fair everyone should have their chance to like voice their opinions sure blah blah blah. and then magneto uh heads off with abigail brand up to the ship Mm -hmm. xavier's like amelia (laughs) what's up what's up baby and the two of them go off what (laughs) Fabian Cortez is left. Now I'm like, this is dangerous. Yes. Not that I think he's super capable, but listen. He's motivated by. He's motivated. So I'm like, that's, it's dangerous to like put anyone in a position of that where like they could potentially do something stupid. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't like end up being like the, you know, falling of Krakoa or sword or anything, it could just cause unnecessary stress, which Mm -hmm. we've now introduced into this in a way, but it is Fabian Cortez stress. So who the hell cares? Um, basically Brand 
has a conversation with Magneto because he's like, you know, we say not to kill Homo sapiens, but does that mean other aliens are on the table? Right. Like, you killed those lizard people. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I did that to put one of them in charge so the war would be over. Oh. That's why I did that. So, right. like, that was in defense of us. Yes. And of Earth. And right. the fact is, like, I don't really care about your stupid island. <laughs> right. Like, you guys are all the same. I don't care. Mm-hmm. She said that before, and it's very much her MO. Yes. Um, But, honestly... I've been enjoying those series, even with the, the tie-ins, but like this this issue came back strong for me. So yeah, it's just, I'm down. That's great. I'm down. Hooray! <laughs> I'm glad it's back and it has no like logos on yeah. it besides its own. Yeah, it's just its own thing, and I, I you know I wanted to really get into it because it's like we haven't seen this on its own except for the first issue. Yeah. And like it's just it's just solid, you know. You get Magneto being Magneto, and uh-huh. you know the whole thing. Right. It's dope. Uh, Zygo the Psycho early to say but in my opinion Nightwing could possibly take Daredevil's crown for best comic on the market soon hopefully to see more both see more of both on back issues soon well, thank you man uh, yeah hopefully I mean whenever Nightwing wraps up its first arc it's only been two issues but yeah yeah I feel like yeah I, regardless of like like there are plenty of books that I've read a couple of things and I'm like oh I think this is going to be amazing and sometimes it is but it's yeah. like I can't really like I can't can't say it's like this is my favorite thing ever no it's just it's but it is a, it is a is a strong showing strong showing for sure uh j joseph fraser uh i hope dc doesn't have a bruce borrow dick's inheritance back behind <laughs> his back just to create new bat family drama i doubt it um i could see him like protecting it or like see me like you know a last page reveal bruce wayne stole dick grayson's billions and it's like yeah and i i put them in like wayne trusts so that like you could I, I'm a bazillionaire because I took billions of dollars and invested them properly, and you're an idiot who that, left them in a bank account. Yeah, but bank that's account. not going to go well. No, it won't. That's, a, that's just as insulting. That's just saying, like... Yeah, but you're also an idiot who, like, sits with their money... Like, you have, like, a million dollars in a bank account as opposed to, like, in money markets and whatnot. We didn't even talk about it, but in that issue of Nightwing at the very beginning when he's, like, talking about how, like, he always had a safety net. It was his parents. Yeah. And then he's like, and my father. And my father and my, my other, other father. My other father. I was yeah. like... Lovely stuff. I love the idea of his, his parents... And his father mm-hmm. and his other father. Yeah. Was like, oh, it's so sweet. Uh, Saud Althani. Hey, guys, how are you guys doing? Good, Good man. How about you? you? Hope you're doing well. Uh, I saw that you said you're doing well in the chat, so I'm happy to hear it. Thank you very much for being here, man. Uh, Raj Patel. I know I'm super late. I really hope you guys checked out the many deaths of Layla Starr. Love the channel. Hope you guys are feeling better after your doses. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, going well. I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten mine yet, but I'm getting there. You're close. Yep. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, and thanks for the recommendation. Uh, and Jimmy Jonathan Lee, about my question, I asked because I reread Bendis's run, and I think it's been getting too much vitriol. It's not perfect, but there are good aspects. Fair enough. I disagree. I think it was quite a terrible run, but he did have a good um, uh, handle on who Superman was. Uh, Girk Petrix, uh, if, if all your expenses were paid in full but had no time to tour City, what would be your dream con to go to? I would go to Spiel Mess in Germany board game con uh there aren't any cons in japan but i would use that as an excuse to take tiffany to japan that would be dope but if it was just a con i guess i'd I'd, one day i'd like to try san San diego Diego. yeah that'd be fun i know it's a disaster right but i'd like to go yeah once Uh, russell simmons helping us out thank you very much russell really appreciate it man there's a hilarious comment in in the chat right now that Mm -hmm. says tiff didn't read way of x as she's literally holding her special variant of way of x Mm -hmm. too soon man yeah way of x not even over no (laughs) way of x number one uh from simon spurrier uh who who drew this you can't tell by my cover because my cover has like nothing on it except hello mueller Mm -hmm. it's it's cool though 
Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. There you go. Uh, basically, Nightcrawler is a crisis of faith. It's very fascinating. But let's talk a little bit more about this book. It's setting things up. It's creating uh, new status quos. I feel like this is like setting the stage for the new status quo for X-Men. Like, Because each phase is a different phase. I think we're at the next phase. Um, Professor X Phases. Is a- yeah. We uh, got him. Professor X has a plot. Uh, he's getting bad dreams. He wants to talk to Nightcrawler. Uh, Nightcrawler's distracted, but they wrap things up at the end of the book. Uh, basically, uh, Professor X is tormented by visions of a person who's returned from the past, a character who hasn't been established in the new Dawn of X era yet, and yep. it's about time they finally showed up. Yes. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. Uh, Nightcrawler, of course, is busy. He was part of a contingent that was taking down some anti-mutant propaganda folk, uh, and they created like a church of anti-mutantum, but also they're apparently like indoctrinating young people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Orcus. It's Orcus, and Orcus, of course, was creating these like different sects of uh, yeah, they're, of they're doing their thing. Hysteria. Uh, but they also have like a religious bent to it in this particular church. Well, and they and they absolutely should because obviously we're telling a story about Nightcrawler, which is great because honestly the last time we did a special on Nightcrawler, it really wasn't about him and it was severely lacking for me. And so yes. like this is almost like an apology in a yeah. way. Um, because the fact is it's like we have this epic time for, for X-Men right now. And we're questioning a lot of things and we, we've seen a lot of themes throughout this overall run with X-Men in terms of you know, no longer having to deal with death, being part of like the world as like an actual like ally and or like unequal footing and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, the the future space trying to control things, but you have some smaller stuff going on as well in terms of like meaning for individuals, yes. even if it's a grand scope in terms of theology and theory, because mm-hmm. you have a character like Kurt who is a mutant, but also very religious yes you know heavily part of the i think he's also a priest yes so it's like he's so religious he's dedicated himself yeah to to that yeah um you know and and always has been even you know in the face of you know past hatred and 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 such Mm -hmm. but here he's dealing with the fact that it's like they're immortal right and they, they, they touched on that in the beginning like with Hox and Pox, where yeah. he was like, that really raised some questions and maybe we need a religion. Yeah. And everyone keeps like referring to it later on in the series where they're, or in this book where they're like, weren't you going to do that? And he's like, yeah, I wish I hadn't said anything about that. Like, it's, yeah, I it's like have said it out loud. And it sounds like they're like kind of retconning that moment from, Ho- from Hox and Pox, where they were like, that sh- we should not have had that moment. Not that early. Yeah. Because honestly- I think we can all actually relate to that. How many times have you said like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And it's like, I shouldn't have said that out loud because I wasn't ready to do that thing. And then, you know, it's either something you don't end up pursuing or it's something that's going to take a lot longer, but then you have other people like with expectations and then it, it changes it from being something natural and fun to something like, oh, I feel like I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like the big thing here is like the treatment of death by other mutants. Something- yeah, particularly young mutants. That but, they like, yeah. they are, they are hook, line and sinker in on the Krakoan way of life. And that's the other thing is that this whole book is is shining a light on the fact that like when you have this kind of situation, you are going to invariably create uh, customs and trends and culture. And so as a result, like the young generation of mm-hmm. mutants on Krakoa treat death like a joke slash like viral hit. They're playing with it. You know, they're talking about how Pixie hasn't died yet. Mm-hmm. And she needs to do that and they're filming their plan and they've got like this whole suicide plan going on. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's very gut wrenching, but it's, and Kurt is troubled by it because he's, 
you know, because he is Catholic and because he can't like reconcile where he he is 100 percent on board for Krakoa, but he also is a priest and he feels compelled to have doubt in this whole system. Yeah. And uh, but it also is, of course, like this is like one of the first books that actually plays with the like the the creepy weirdo nature of X-Men that started in Hawks and Pots where I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And I'm like back to that finally. Right. right. Like, yeah, it's really weird and messed up and it's creating a culture of weird and messed up stuff. No, it is. But it's also interesting because obviously this is all new as well. And so like the way things are treated when they're new versus when it's happened many a time can, can be very different. Totally. Um, but like we were talking about earlier with the Eternals, they're used to doing this. Well, they're not, well, but they're also, they've been doing it for so long. They don't casually throw their lives away. Exactly. Exactly. And, and this hasn't been around long enough and, and these individuals haven't existed with it. So it's all new. And I like, for some people, they're like, I got to push it. Yeah. You know, like I got to do this all the time or, or like, I want to experience this. Mm-hmm. It's a rush. I'm sure for them, for those adrenaline junkies out mm-hmm. there. Um, and we did see a little bit of this type of like treatment of life and death when storm remember she had the virus yes and she, she didn't, didn't want to die she didn't want to die because she had reverence for life yes and so like there's a little bit of that here as well where like you know they question like kurt why do you care right like this is this is our this is it now this is what we do now mm-hmm. and it honestly throws him for like for a second he's like wait no, that's true. Like yeah. I am I have possibly antiquated ideals here because this is clearly not the way we're moving forward. Yeah. And so honestly, I do wonder too if it's not just a crisis of faith but also a crisis of his role because like he's very much like often treated as like the moral backbone or like a confidant and if he has ideas or doubt or his ideas that don't align with like the current state of things how could he possibly be someone who can advise yes how can he possibly be a leader in the community exactly uh, so we get a couple of moments that are fun, or at the very least, like troubling and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got uh, Pixie killing herself. Uh, she, you know, they've defeated the villains. There's one guy left. He's got a shotgun, and Pixie's like, "Oh, you know what? It'll also like in this will this will cultural shock them. I'm going to create guilt mm-hmm. associated with this experience." So uh, she just lets them shoot her in the face, and they film it, and they laugh about it, and it's like super weird. And Kurt is like the only one who thinks that's messed up and weird. Yep. Um, I also appreciate the Kurt also. It's like Spurrier is like, I'm going to address a few of the morally weird things about Krakoa that Sal has specifically referenced. One yep. is the Cavalier mention of death, and the other is the Crucible. Yep. Which now that Apocalypse is gone, Magneto is the executor of the Crucible. Yeah, and that is even weirder, honestly, because like at least with Apocalypse, I don't know, it made sense because it's like apocalypse is was like darwinism and like yeah yeah he's like we have you have to be strong and so you have to fight for it to prove that like it is you are meant to be exactly this mm-hmm. um so even if you didn't agree with it at least it made sense with the character who was running it but it's now it's magneto so it has a kind of a different feel to it yeah it does uh because yeah magneto is a different motivation than, than apocalypse mm-hmm. uh there's more to it than that you know like obviously they liberate like a piece of history that references x-men number one they bring yep. it to krakoa they have a surprise party for magneto they make fun of him Magneto turns the tables on Nightcrawler and makes him feel like an asshole. Uh, Nightcrawler runs into a mutant or a former mutant, a mutant who had been depowered by the Mm -hmm. Scarlet Witch. But we don't realize that initially. We don't. We just just say I'm I'm lost, which is funny because like I love that line because it's like I'm lost. I'm physically lost. I'm I'm, emotionally or religiously lost. Yeah. And like it's it's a weird place for Kurt as well, but he's just had the run in with Magneto. Magneto. And he's less helpful. She also, they also call him a kindly one, which is funny because that's also a name for Fey folk. Yes. 
And he um, is. So, <laughs> but uh, he directs he directs them basically to like the the hel- the, the welcome center. Yes. And uh, they end up in the crucible. Uh, we also find out there's like references to the Patchwork Man. Yeah. Uh, which is another myth. Uh, and of course we see Exodus is telling like, you know, campfire stories of the children and he's telling stories and he, he's trying to continue. He, it's interesting to see what emerges and what is directly trying. Like Exodus is like, I am creating the culture of fear mongering associating with the Scarlet Witch. Yes. But the children are afraid of the Patchwork Man. Yeah, and I love and Exodus how- is angry about it. He's like, no, we're not talking about the Patchwork Man. We're talking about Scarlet Witch. I took it as like confusion at first. Right. He's like, and, what? What, and who is it? They're like, the Patchwork Man. He's like, what? No. 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 What? Scarlet Witch. What? What? How's it them? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but I think that's interesting because that's also like a, a multi-layered thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt, of course, bumps into uh, like Dr. Nemesis, <laughs> who has gone to experimenting on himself, yep. and he has like psychedelic drugs, like sprouting or like mushrooms. Yeah, and he's got mushrooms. Flora sprouting out of his, his freaking head. Yep. And uh, he's a hopelessly English character that Simon Spurrier couldn't help but create, and, or at least you know reinvigorate. Right. What else? Uh, but yeah, he's he's basically behind a lot of like the things that no, make... he would he would like to be. This is a proposal. Ah, that's right. He would like to do this in which he's in charge of everything except for one thing. He's just like I don't know. Yeah. And there's also like a little redacted section here. There's a lot of redaction in this. I do like a, like it, this is this is fun because it's obviously it's a you know it's a touting of his own like I I'm great, but there's also some hilarious. Oh, little like things do, like, in there. Jokes in there. Yeah, yeah, like the department for the perfection of coffee. Right. I was like, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> but he also, you know, he, he challenges Kurt. They go to the they go to the crucible. Mm-hmm. They find the lost character yeah. is there. Yes. Uh, and doesn't understand what's happening to them, which is also another like. No, com- they they did. I don't think they did. No, I think they did. The the issue was that like they went after Kurt because they asked. Oh, that- that's right. The the lost character wanted Kurt. Kurt to be the one who fought them in the crucible since he was a kindly one. Yeah, it would have made it less, like, personal and creepy. Yeah, or, like, hard because, like, they are in physical pain as we discover when we, like, end up seeing them, like, fully revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, since Kurt turned them away because he wasn't in, he didn't understand. Well, because he was also having his own moment. Like, typically, I think Kurt would have, like, helped them. Yes. And, like, walked with them and taken them where they needed to go. Right. And he would have learned along the way. But because of the state Kurt is in, which was something I think he was afraid of. Yep. Like, he was unable to help them. Yeah. Especially in this new landscape and new world. And so they have to fight Magneto instead. Right. Uh, so Magneto ultimately does uh, does kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's horrible. Uh, what's it called? Kurt actually tries to stop Magneto. Yeah. Initially. Um, but Magneto's like, no, that's not it. Uh, we also have a beautiful color moment. Yeah. Where uh, all the all the color is gone except for like the characters that are involved, Nightcrawler, Magneto, and the and 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 the Lost. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's yeah, just... and Kurt has the exact same problem with the Crucible as I do, which isn't necessarily the like horrors of the Crucible and like the like wanton you know cavalier nature of like death, but the reaction from the crowd, which is their like delight. Well, yeah, because and... at first like they fall silent. Yeah, and then they they cheer and like for Kurt, I think he's like they're. And again, we can't be certain what they're cheering for. He's like, they're cheering for their death. But like someone else could say they're cheering because they know they'll be reborn as part of their culture and like as they should be. Mm -hmm, But like, you you can't tell which one. You can't tell what they're doing. And Kurt certainly is not in that mindset. No. no. Um, But it's easy in that situation if like you're Magneto to to say like, oh, but they're cheering for their rebirth. And 
Yeah. It's just easy to imprint that on sure. these people. So they, they resurrect the lost and they like have this beautiful jubilant moment where they're resurrected and they explore their powers. They talk about like how the powers work and how they were depowered and they must have been in agony the entire time. Yeah. And then everyone starts heaving. Yeah, because they have a gravitational like force field around them which like causes others to suffer. Yes. And so that individual leaves and like, you know, it's just like in I'm pain lost. and ac- and anguish, like and goes right back to receding into themselves. Yeah. And now it doesn't affect Kurt. Yeah, because he has good balance. Yeah, and but, it doesn't affect uh, Doctor Nemesis, yeah. whatever Nemesis. I think. But like Kurt also doesn't go after them. No. Well, because Professor X is like stop. Xavier stops him. Yeah, that's true. Because he's selfish and you know he needs him to help him with stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also Pixie's resurrected, and uh, she mentions how you know I thought I'd want this one thing for food from like I'd be thinking about because, because her, it's like think her, about something you like. Yeah. So that you'll like want it when you but return. Her, her her tastes change each day, and that's important. Yes. Because like the, this is also bringing up the fact that like Cerebro doesn't always catch you in the moment of death because mm-hmm. of when it does its copy. Yeah. And so like. She was like, oh, I wanted sushi yesterday, I but today I, yeah. I wanted toasties. Yes. Like she's toasties or what have you, which I believe is an exceptionally British food. Which doesn't surprise me. And Kurt brings toasties to her for her resurrection. Yeah. And he offers them to her. She's like, oh, that's funny because all I could think about is having sushi, which was what she wanted yesterday. Yeah. And that completely throws off Kurt as well because it's like, oh, you're not even you from yesterday. Right. And so they show her the video because it's like seemingly she must not remember. She missed it. Yeah. She doesn't remember this at we all. We copied you yesterday. Yeah. So Professor X is like, hey, anyway, uh, I called you earlier. I wanted you to help me because I'm feeling weird. And Kurt's like, fine. And he's like, yeah, like, I, I know you're having a hard time because I'm also like invading your mind and listening to you. But uh, listen, maybe going on another mission for me would help. And Kurt's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because they mentioned the religion thing and like Kurt's like, I just, like, he's trying to force it. And I, I do actually agree with Professor X, although yeah. I don't think it's necessarily from a positive place that he's saying it, but like that he's like, maybe you need to take your mind off of it because sometimes that's when you can actually make a breakthrough. Exactly. Because I've done that before. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong, but I think he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Yes. So anyway, uh, you know, Kurt takes the deal and basically like the two of them realize like who it is has returned. Yeah. Who the Patrick man is. Who the Patrick man is. Who visits Kurt in his dreams and then, you know, ultimately. By the way, that's really creepy when Pixie sees them for a moment. Yes. I was like, that's dope. Yeah. I was like, for a second, I'm like, oh my gosh, like not putting together what the reveal would be obviously whatsoever because I'm just enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh my gosh, are they coming back like something's wrong? Yeah. Like it's almost like Xavier's imprinting something additional in there by accident. Right. And they're seeing something. Yeah. Nah. So Kurt goes to Blindfold's grave and uh, then he is met by the reveal, which of course is the the return of Legion, Professor X's son. Yeah. Well, we saw a picture of him holding his, yeah, holding a baby. Yeah. Uh, We saw, yeah, we actually see like his quarters and he has a few photos and it's kind of interesting to see what they selectively like show you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, Legion's back. Yeah. And he has big plans. Yep. And so that is the next, like, step. And and Legion is the reason for the Age of Apocalypse. So I can imagine that, like, Legion is going to have significant ramifications on the X-Men going forward. Sure. Uh, or at the very least, like, in some... We, you could have, like, 16 different corners of the X-Men universe, and all of them have far-reaching implications. No, it's true. And that's the true. kind of nature it, of the current it's, And it's also quo. we're living in, like, a status of... We don't know truthfully how much Moira was able to tell them or prepare them for. Like, it could be specifically they're like, you have to send Kurt after Legion. Right. 
Or, <laughs> or, they don't or no Legion idea. eventually wraps itself up and I don't need to do anything. Yeah. I didn't bring it up because ultimately that wasn't important enough. Right, right. It wasn't as important as Nimrod. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's... I, I really enjoyed this book. I mean, obviously the reveal is dope, um, but I honestly enjoyed the questions that Spurrier brings up in this. Yes. Obviously, you know, this isn't without I'm sure, some sort of blessing from Hickman. Oh, it would be better. Um, but like... Not only in the actual book itself, but in those little info pages, like there's mm -hmm. like random pages from like the book of something. Yeah, it's Kurt's book. It's Kurt's yeah. religion, and it's like his, but like whatever its name, we don't we don't have the name yet. Know. And he's also like, and it's really more like the ramblings of the like, first one definitely is, but then some of them get into the like cerebro and like life, and I'm like, this is just great. Like I, yeah. I actually loved reading this mm -hmm. cover to cover. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So highly recommended. So for let's sure. jump into some recommendations for books that are coming out this week. We think you should pick up. Let's do it. Detective Comics 1035 is coming out. Uh, Huntress is going to be in it. Uh, cool. I like uh, Tamaki's work. Yeah. Uh, Dan Moore is gone, which is not unexpected. Uh, Clayton Henry's doing it. Uh, they'll do a fine job. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, New Mutants is back. Uh, Vita Yala and uh, Rod Rice. So it's an instant buy. It's a great series, and Rod Rice is just great. Yeah. Uh, Batman Superman 17, uh, the continuation of that weirdo story about, like, uh, film that is not film oh right i forgot about that from gene louis yang and of course uh ivan rice uh yeah it's fun it's a great continuation of this series batman superman uh i would highly recommend it i completely forgot about that book the miles morales clone saga begins in miles morales spider-man 25 uh it's from saladin ahmed uh as usual with uh, art by Ca carmen carnero uh, i only mention it because they're doing it and it's happening, and they had the audacity to advertise it. So I'm interested to see at least where it's going. Uh, who knows? Bizarre. It's bizarre <laughs> they would even dare do it. Right? Uh, Savage Avengers 20 suggests that Spider-Man's going to be in it. And the Rhino. And the Rhino. From Jerry Duggan There's and Patrick Zurcher. Is it Conan and the Rhino? Yeah. Uh-oh. So that'll be fun to see. Well, Conan is a, can be a hired blade. Right? And maybe he'll be like, wait, no. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> Uh, obviously, Beta Ray Bill 2 is uh, a must-buy. You must buy Beta Ray Bill 2. I wonder how many Rufios we'll get in this one. I think three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just, ugh. Daniel Warren Johnson, Mike Spicer on art, or on colors. You gotta buy it. If you haven't already, do it. Uh, and there's more. So much more, in there's fact. There's so much more. Uh, Once a Future Number 18 is coming out uh, from Kieran Gillen and Dan Moore. Thank so. God. Yeah, he's still continuing over on this book. I love, love, love this book. This is just like such a treat when this comes out. So super excited to grab this. Um, I'm. I, what even is this? What even is this? Uh, it's a Kurt Busiek book um, with art by... Vidre Sinar? Y I thought that was a Y. Oh, Yid Yidre? Well, we mispronounced that, but it's uh, the Marvel's number one... Uh, Claiming to be uh, an all-new ongoing series. I've heard rumors about this series. It says past and present combined. So I wanted to point out that it's coming out. Yep. So you'll be able to check it out if you choose. There it is. Mm -hmm. This one's for you, I think. I just recommended it because it's Steve Orlando and Minkyu Young uh, and art by Mark Fayala or Fala. No, they're both arts. Mm. They're both arts. It's Spider-Man Curse of the Man-Thing number one. I guess because there's there was Avengers Curse of the Man-Thing. Yeah. I think this is the Man-Thing series and it's like you're going to get one-shots 
There you go. Like they just, can tell you more. Just throughout. So that'll be fun. Uh, we also toss it out there. Shadow Man number one is going to be coming out uh, this week, written by Cullen Bunn with art by John Davis Hunt. You know, we've read it already, so yep. we can tell you that um, we very much enjoyed it. Um, and you'll have an opportunity to, to get your hands on it now. So make sure you check that out. Yes. If you didn't pre-order it, it's going to be out. It'll be on the stands. You should check it out. Uh, it's one of the best looking books from Valiant over the last several years. It's certainly uh, a solid entry in the Valiant universe. And I think if you were ever on the fence about Valiant, this would be the time to try it. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of variants. If that's your kind of your thing, you could go Ton check that out as well. Yeah. I think they have a glass variant as well. I think you're right. I, I I don't I would I know there is I would not me. do well with that no I just I'm I'm a disaster I would drop it um this isn't necessarily like a a book like that I'm like really like saying oh you got to grab this I'm just letting you know that it is coming out because it's not it costs nothing it costs nothing to get this but it's your Hellfire Gala Guide <laughs> um written by uh or it's with Jonathan Hickman uh with uh, designed by Tom Mueller mm-hmm. who did the um logos oh that's great yeah cool that's why i got this cover yeah oh theirs i believe cool i believe but yeah the guy the gala guide the gala guide let's jump into some super chats and then we'll wrap up the show uh let's see here uh ah amazing zero don't be such a wanda sal yeah that the uh the like the insults and everything were super forced but they like feel like they like someone was it felt like someone trying to get something to catch right and like i do appreciate it like that kurt was teamed up with a younger team yes because it's like he's also faced with that yeah he's like am i also obsolete in terms of this right i'm obsolete for a lot of reasons Uh, Reese's Puffs <laughs> says, hey, guys, love the Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man episodes. I plan on buying my best friend a couple trades. What would you guys recommend for a Black Widow fan? Uh, the uh, the Nathan Edmondson Black Widow book. The, Is that the one with Phil Noto? Yeah. Yeah. The... Uh, uh, Mark Wade, Chris Samney, Black Widow series is worth picking up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are two Black Widow books. There's also like if you want to go back like old school, there's like those old '80s uh, Jim Shooter era Marvel uh, original graphic novels. There's a Black Widow there, and it's yeah. freaking weird looking. So check it out. And you could also, I mean, like if they're interested in maybe something ongoing, Kelly Thompson is writing a Black Widow series yeah, right now. It's on issue six, and so. it's good. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been reading it regularly, so I can't, I, in good conscience, recommend it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but, but it was look, good when I read it. But if they are looking for something ongoing and, like, current. Yeah, like, you know what? They read those trades. They pick up the new series. Yeah. Silvery Cricket, I wonder if they will address the fact that Magic and Wanda are buddy-buddy in Strange Academy. Wanda's the devil of Krakoa, so I wonder if they will make her choose between Strange and Krakoa. I doubt it. I, I doubt that- it. Magic's the kind of character who does as she pleases. Yep. So I feel like she's like, I don't care. And I doubt Wanda knows. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure she has zero idea. And like I said, with Magic, it's like, what? I do what I want. Yeah, and I'll kick anyone's ass who says I can't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Girk <laughs> Pectus is back. If you had the interdimensional cable, what would you watch? Uh, Firefly season two, Tiffany. Ah, uh, that's a that's a good one. Um, a dread two. Yes. <laughs> and Silver Cricket back. I always wonder what Nate, where Nature Girl is. She's the only person aside from Cipher that can fully understand Krakoa perfectly. Weird, and could be a back pocket character. Could be they forgot. Yeah, maybe uh, Abigail will have one ready because she has like. 
for her team, she has backups. Yeah. So she could have a backup ready for that. They're That's like, true. They're there. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and, of course, supporting us. We do appreciate it. All those who super chatted, thank yeah, you very much. And thank, thank you for you. contributing to being part of the 365th episode of Off the Rack. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to help us out more, always make sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, and uh, follow us on all social media outlets. And follow this young lady on twitch.tv slash comic pop. Watch play video games Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, around... F- the evenings yeah this week i definitely am going to be streaming but i might also do another stream when pokemon snap comes out yeah. i don't know i don't know what i'm going to do and honestly we we're playing monster hunter and i've been enjoying it but the other day i really got hooked in to the idea of um doing that cooking simulator game oh yeah yeah cool that'd be fun i don't know if i really want to do that mm-hmm. just something silly and fun i don't know anyway yeah moving on but we'll see you guys next time with another episode thank you so much for hanging out and uh yeah so long bye That might have been loud. I don't know anymore.